We've got Dan Owen James with us from the Blind Pig in White Plains. Uh, this is really a cocktail bar, the, kind of the first bar you could really go to in the area that you can actually get a cocktail from where you're not worrying about how long has the vermouth been sitting out and open uh, like you would in, in some places at the end of the day, right? Like, you get a quality cocktail here. Well, welcome, guys. Cheers, Thanks, please. Thanks for having us. James, Dano, you know, you guys have known each other for quite some time now. I, uh, it's been a while, yeah, probably since since I came here, yeah. Yeah, how long ago did you meet? Six years. Six years, it'll be coming on seven now, and soon enough. Coming on seven now, soon enough, yeah. Yeah, seven years, and that's through a handful of different bars. I mean, I know you guys from Brazen Fox yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I started because I used to work construction when I came here first, and I actually used to work with his brother. Okay. And then, fucking, you know, I started working with him in a bar in the Bronx called The Coachman's. Um, actually, the owner of that place backed us. I mean, so he's, we're all, we're corners and blind pigs, so his name is Carby Mannix. You know, he was looking off, he, I think he honestly, he believed more in Dano than he did believe in the idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's what they say. Anyway, they say uh, like, you he know. did not know what a cocktail was. He no. still does. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he still does. It's right? only now. It's only now he's kind of understanding what we set out to do. Gotcha. But I feel like he got on board because he he's seen our work ethic and he was like, "All right, I know whatever the lads are going to do, they're putting their head to, and they're going to they're going to do their best at it, and we're trying our best to do what we're trying to do." Like you know, he sees that. Now he doesn't understand it, but he sees it, and mm. he, yeah, it's. It's been a, it's been a good journey from like working in a dive bar, running a dive bar for this guy, to working in White Plains. That's in the Bronx. To working in White Plains in a high-end cocktail bar, you know. So it's definitely it's it's for all of us been a funny jump. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like it was always going to go that way. Like it was, I knew from when I first worked for Kirby that one day, I would definitely be running a bar for him or with him and. Me and James spoke about it since we we would like obviously work together, and then when he went to the city, came back up and was working on Brazen Fox with us, and um, once we start hanging out outside of work as well, like you know, uh, getting into our routine, we always spoke about the same things. Like, look, we're gonna open a bar. This is what we're gonna do. So yeah, there's always plans. talk of doing something anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then. Over time, then you're like, why don't you just do a bar? Like, we're both bartenders. Like, we should just do a bar. Yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, at one time, we were looking no, up at a gym. <laughs> yeah, it was, what was it? it was a gym, and there was a deli. Yeah. And there oh, was deli. a... Was there a gas station? No, it wasn't a gas station. A McDonald's drive-thru. That was... That is, that's still a good <laughs> one idea. One time, that is still, a good still idea. A good you idea. can't go wrong with a McDonald's And do you know how much money it costs to open a McDonald's? They say you need, oh, like, yeah. two, two million two in, million. in like, liquid capital. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a lot. That's yeah. a but lot you also money. think McDonald's don't close, you know, whenever one opens up, like it's there. Exactly, yeah. You never oh, see man. it close. So. Sticking a McDonald's drive through and yeah. someone's driving through it. I'm telling you <laughs> yeah, that much. People, you, people will walk through it. People will walk. I was just going <laughs> to say. Go to the that, Bronx, yeah. they're walking through it. They don't <laughs> yeah. got cars. They're yeah. still going to they the want a cheeseburger. cheeseburger. So, so you guys have always essentially kind of just been business minded, and I'm sure that's where this friendship comes together. Uh, maybe you more so than me, but honestly, man, I'm from rural Ireland. Yeah. I mean, there's a sheep over here and there's a cow over there. <laughs> And that's it. You know what I mean? Nobody's, none of my family ever had like a business. Or none of my very close friends ever had a business. So, you know, actually, we've got to give a lot of thanks to, to Vinny Nanzani. Uh, Vinny Nanzani, yeah. Phil Gasparino, all them boys, like Brian Silverman as well to a certain degree. They were always like, The lads you know, we met can, brazen. Yeah, man. Seriously. Changed their life. They, they, they were always talking about business big time. And, and the guys who own brazen, Declan Ransford and Rory Dolan, like yeah. they 100% affected our decisions and which way to go about things and they they showed us a lot of 
a lot of what we do and how we treat our guests and like that genuinely a lot of our staple points of what we instill in our bar restaurant would be what we learned from them guys but we're the next generation mm-hmm. and we are we're out and seeing what's going on and we're involved in it and we're doing it so it's like now I'm sure they're looking at us and they're like okay they're using what we give them but they're using it differently right. but that's yeah. what it's all about because it's mm-hmm. the next step Proven. and that's what following trends trends yeah. is a big thing too you know so you and not to cut too far off to the point but before we get away from it uh a lot of people, I, I don't realize this. The West Coast doesn't really deal with Irish boys. They don't. They don't have California. them over there like that. Yeah, it's not in the same droves and numbers that I we have to. here on this East Coast. Yeah. So you know, working at Black Bear for some time with the Irish boys over there, I learned a lot from just people coming literally off the boat and coming to visit yeah. and saying, and me saying, "Why is everyone coming here? And why are they always working bars?" And the answer is always like, there's no work at home. Yeah, That's zero. the thing. There's yeah. no work. In the city, maybe where he's from, maybe, but man. where I'm from, zero, man. Where if, I, if I got a job, I'd be lucky to have a job, you know what I mean? And they're probably making dirt, and I'd be lucky to be making that, you know what I mean? Yes. Where, where, honestly, where I came from, man, is government housing. You know what I mean? Like, very few people were employed where I left, and I was one of few people who was employed when I went to school and stuff. I always stayed employed because my household just didn't have that kind of funds to not have me employed. But what I will say is, man, that's where you learn to grind. You know, we you got to understand, it's like we're Irish guys, we came out here, and, and ladies as well, we came out here and we haven't had it super easy all the time. Now, I'm not saying we came from third world countries, but there's just not the same opportunities in Ireland so yeah, when definitely. we come out here and I'm like oh wow people are talking about oh I did an 18 hour shift and I'm like alright well I'll do I'll open close Friday, Saturday and Sunday no. and that's great I have no problem doing that Yeah, and then and it's the grind the it's like, like you know like we're, we're used to the grind Mad. we've been grinding since we came here America is all about work and some people in America are all about play <laughs> yeah and I, and I think that speaks to a good quality too you know all the guys that I've worked beside definitely have that that work mentality where nobody's bitching about their nine hour shift their eight mm. hour shift uh in fact they want more hours give me more yeah. and when Let's i go, go when i go to bed at night i pray only. to god and i pray to god to send me more work every night i say i love the work send me more <laughs> well, yeah it's actually funny we call at the restaurant if you work a day shift like let's say you come and open the restaurant Half and day. You, if you leave and it's light out we call it off you're yeah. off today yeah. You didn't actually work. If the sun is still up when you leave, work. The sun is still up when you leave, you're off. That's but that's true, like. man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's crazy. The shifts that I have at the minute, I work. Uh, I work Tuesday, right? So I start at four, which means we're, we're probably in there. You know, after we get the morning done, so it's probably like two o'clock, mm. right? But so we're in there from two, start barting at four until four a.m. And they have to open the following day, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to bring a change of clothes, sleep over here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, might as well. I'm saving myself like yeah. two hours. Yeah. But then you get up the next day and you open, and then you get off at six. You feel like done you're off. And I'm like, all right, I'm off. This is great. Like, <laughs> yeah. I barely even work today. This is phenomenal. Yeah. You know? But that's just that's just how it is. Really. But it's a lifestyle. Sleep, you know what I mean? It is a lifestyle. It definitely is a lifestyle. Yeah. The industry is yeah. a lifestyle, and you got if you want to if you want to make it as a career, you got to love it. Yeah. You got to love it for you what it is. You got to be in it hundred like, you know? percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can, you know, I feel like you can really change your mindset about uh, about liking it. Like one thing I would say is like from not having any business perspective or any kind of business. You know, knowledge prior, so you really do have to change your way of thinking. 
Yeah. I mean, you can't just be like normal, like employee. You have to like think about it like all the time, first of all. And also you have to kind of elevate your thinking. Because like, when we were opening the place, like there was a lot of things that came up with the building specifically that we weren't aware of. You know, it was a first business and we had no, you know, we didn't have any knowledge. So like these things come up and you, you know, one thing goes bad and you're like, oh shit, like everything's fucking wrong. The place is coming down. You have to really like you be aware that things are going to come up. You, you have to be able, be able to deal with work those. Them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like when there's, we found there's no out. giving up. Like you just constantly got to work through everything. Yeah. Like that's what it is. When we found out that we couldn't have gas in the kitchen, and we were told that we had a gas kitchen that was ready to rock. Yeah. When we found out that we couldn't have gas in the get- kitchen because there's a moratorium on in Westchester. When we yeah. found out that, James rang me. I was working down the city. I the remember. Junction. I was like, oh, Shout he's out to the junction. Can I tell him this? <laughs> I was uh, bartending, I walked outside and he was freaking. And I was like, we had already signed our lease. Like, and I was like, James, like, we can't get you. What, what are we going to do? And I was like, oh my God, like, this is the world's coming down on top of us. And then I had to go back in. I'm and in Murray Hill. <laughs> yeah. And we have a full bar in here. And I got yeah. back in here and put on a smile and started yeah. rocking again. But it's just, yeah. again, it's just like, that was the first thing that came up. You know, of course there was going to be things that come up. Like, it's normal. It's, you know it's, I mean? And I was going to ask why, because I saw you guys open without the kitchen. And I was yeah. going to ask that why, like, did you want to build a bar first or the kitchen? But now you answered the question. Thank uh, God we did. Yeah, it's, oh. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we're very, very lucky in the situation that we're in so far that we can focus on the bar. Yeah. Because if you've done both, you know, the bar, it, I wouldn't say the bar is a shit show, but it's definitely not running at 100% efficiency. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then if you had to have both. Now, both are slacking yes. so for double the time. Yeah. It's, okay. it's like I said, it's not running at 100% efficiency, but every Saturday we go in there and every single Saturday we make sure that the next Saturday is something has improved. We take one thing from behind our bar every week and we're like, how can we improve this? Last week we put in a new sink. This week we're putting in two more because it's easier to use for us for the cocktails, for the dump sinks. Next week we're putting in a wine cooler so that we have our wine stocked and cooled upstairs in yeah. a wine cooler. Like every week we definitely make sure to throw back into what it is because that's what we're here to improve it as much as we can, you know? So if you don't have gas in the kitchen, what's your plans for operating the electric. kitchen? Electric. Yeah. All electric. Yeah, electric, electric equipment works just as well. Yeah. Dead no and co has an electric kitchen. Yeah, everything in their kitchen is electric. All so electric. You know, um, what type of uh, we food are you trying to, to do? We went down to Death and & Co and we were chatting to them guys and we jumped behind the bar that was in there and they, they were nice enough to show us some stuff that they do and how they do it and what way it works and they have an electric kitchen and they're putting out food at yeah, really great good, food yeah, you know really good food. it really comes down to your chef at yeah, that yeah. point I think and our chef he's a really talented you know and um, he's definitely he he's he's here for the challenge like he he's excited to take part in it and that, that obviously means a lot but if we had it opened up with food let me tell you at one point me and James were doing the cloping as they call it, the yeah. close open. Yep. And very familiar with that. <laughs> very familiar with that. <laughs> no, that goes out to our bartender, Justin. <laughs> Justin taught us that one, the cloping. Cloping, yeah. Right. So um, we're doing the cloping, but we're doing the cloping and we ran out of Brazilian pink pineapple syrup and we ran out of blackberry puree and raspberry puree. And, you know, we're going home to make that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. has to be in the morning and I'm open. So when we leave, James, it's... 5.30, James goes home and James make raspberry, I make blackberry. And that's what it was like at the start. And mm. not many people are going to like do Not that. many people have that in And that, that's, that's why the cocktail thing, it can be very hard, especially if you're 
trying to get on your feet and do it yourself and you don't have a huge amount of finances behind you to start off until like your income starts coming in like because me and james when we first start working like i had been out of work since september because mm. i had given up my job to open up this restaurant in september and i told him that in the february before and james he was just after finishing off in brazen fox and we still hadn't opened and like all of our finances went into the bar that we had and like we were both in the red line you know so it was oh, like yeah. it wasn't fun yeah, like you know like what i mean I'm the only money we had we were after putting in and then we're up all night we gotta get back in the next day and we're trying to get it up and running if you're somebody who has like five other bars six other bars and you can like use your resources that definitely helps but for the likes of us who come from the industry who are bartenders and who are like look we're giving it a shot because this is what we like to do and we didn't have that kind of financial aid as you will because obviously we're not that you know we're <laughs> not them guys yeah. just like just hopes yes but uh, not having that that definitely that made it a lot harder but it's not impossible like you know anybody who works in the industry who really wants to put their head in and do it the thing about it is I get hired okay I get hired and people hire me to do a job mm. and I've never missed work and I always show up and I've never had an issue with it. Now, why, if these people keep hiring me, why do I not hire myself to do this job? Because they think I'm doing a great job so I can do it for them, I can do it for me. And that's where it was time to make your money work for you. And James is the same. Like He was a staple at Brazen Fox as a bartender. They were said they're that's sorry right. to have you him know, go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And... I would hire James as a bartender for me, so why not hire yourself? Right. And that's where we got it to, like, you know? The, uh, and, and that's another thing, too, is, like, bartenders all the time, like, I'm going to open a bar one day, I'm going to open a bar one day, and they don't maybe realize how much really does go into this. Like you just said, you were out of work since September trying to open up this bar. There's, mm-hmm. like, three months later that you have to make sure that you have that additional funding to just survive. Yeah, man. And that's not even the doors opening or no, just yourself. realizing that there's going to be problems, like, yeah. trying to get these doors open. Yeah. Whatever I would say to people, uh, whatever, if you want to open a bar, whatever you think it's going to cost, triple it. Yeah. Triple it. <laughs> not even like, double, triple like, it. Yeah. One I thing, was going to say double. I, not triple, I was going to say. Like, whatever you think, the one thing that... Uh, one thing that I don't think most people know is let's say you're taking uh, a lease on a building, right? Depending for for us, we you know we don't have any prior business history, so we have to give more money up front. So you know you move into your apartment, you have to give one month's rent, one security. You open a business lease, you have to give one month's rent and six months security. You know what I mean? Depending if your rent is let's say ten grand, that's a hundred grand. Wait, no, it's not. What is it? Sixty. Sixty. 60 sorry, <laughs> I'm retired. Sixty. But I you know, can't. sixty G's. Like that's sixty G's gone. Like straight away, you know what I mean? Like before anything else. Yeah, man, it's it's definitely it's crazy. I did, like I spent my last three hundred bucks, and this is legitimately, I spent my last three hundred bucks that I had in my bank account on shirts and slacks to wear into the blind pig on my first week. That's what I was like. Listen, I'm all in now. This is it. <laughs> like you know, I'm dressed to go into work, and let's work and hope for the best. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about those outfits in a little bit. And you certainly <laughs> do look like three hundred bucks behind the bar. I will say Cheers. that. <laughs> uh, but like, circle back before we get like too far into you know the opening of Blind Pig too, right? So you're working together. You're deciding that you know, all right, this guy's got a good head on his shoulder. I've got a good head on my shoulder. Maybe we're looking to potentially open a business. Mm. And you know, you just said too uh, a little bit earlier 
that you were looking to open various different things before you were like, wait, we're behind the bar. Let's open a bar. Um, at, at what point did you acknowledge each other's strengths? Like we're not all great at everything, right? Somebody's better at something than others. And you need Mm. that to actually coexist. I learned a lot from James, a lot like from when we start hanging out together. Um, he is way more level headed than I, and I learned to a lot from watching him deal with situations that I see myself not being able to deal with. And then I also learned a lot from him in the way of, um, he didn't know about everything like no one knows about everything but what he put his head to he got straight into it and picked it up and when I seen stuff like that I was like alright this is if I'd rather be the slowest guy in the realm than the quickest right like you know it's like surround yourself with good people so I was like right James is better than this than I am so this is what I gotta watch out for like we both are strong points and you know his strong points definitely made me realize that they were my weak points and that I could learn from him in that way so that yeah. was good but it goes vice versa also you know that's that's a good point but um I think it's you're not gonna find somebody as perfect oh this is a perfect business relationship you know what I mean but over time you know there's one thing that you have to be very aware of is you have to be very open to criticism I feel like you know from being in a restaurant as well like everybody's gonna come in and say, oh you should do this or whatever you know and things are not going wrong and you think it's or things are going not what they should and you think they're it might be your idea like I wanted to do something in the restaurant that the boys didn't like and I really really wanted it and I'm like you know what the boys have a point they don't like it I gotta drop this you know and then we don't and there it goes vice versa you know there's what I mean a lot so of give and take. there's a lot of give and take you yeah. really gotta work together as a team and you hear more criticism you hear more criticism than you do Oh yeah, criticism yeah. all the time. You can but do everything perfect, and you'll you'll yeah. hear the credit. But I sometimes you ought to just like really listen to it because yeah. they might have a good point. And oh, for you sure. Know, and just don't yeah, get your ego sure. in the way. Like you know what, that's actually a good idea. Yeah. Big time. And honestly, yeah. like some of the things that I ended up liking the most were things that I would have been opposed to, or a lot of the ideas that came about that were ones that I really enjoy now are ones that I didn't enjoy when first brought to me. But that could have been because. I would have had an opposing idea, which I thought was good at the time. But obviously, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. This is what I'm happy we've done, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you get better at that the more you do it, as opposed to nobody's great at it at the start. I feel like that's something that you get good at with practice. And to the point where sometimes you might get too good at it, where you start being overly nice, Mm. you know, like where you might drop your own points. But and see like Justin like what you were saying before about the business thing it's crazy coming from Ireland like when you run into guys and they own for me it was construction companies the guys like, oh, I own a million dollar construction company I'm like that is crazy like how do you come about and then you know over time then you realise so like America is really all about like work which is good because that's what we come here for you know what I mean and there is endless opportunities so as long as you're willing to put your head down you can just constantly like grow and then um for me, anyway, personally, it was, uh, you know, I'm very comfortable working where I was working in Brazen Fox. Like, it was very, very, but in 10 years' time, you know, I might have a wife, I might have a kid, you know, I might have a few more bills than I normally do have, and is where I am now going to cover where I am then? You know, like, that's the thing for, for me, I think, in, for both of us in general, is we are not in this for money, I don't think. We're in for more security. You know, like, again, I don't ever plan on, like, maybe getting married or having a kid, but it's probably going to happen. You know, the same for any of us, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, when we're in that situation, I want to be able to look after my wife, my yep. kid, my mother, my father, my sister. My sister's getting married next year. 
like I would like to be in the position where I'm able to like really cover most of her wedding. You know, stuff like that, you know, that's right. means a lot. You know, so you really just constantly you constantly have to be growing. You can't yep. be stagnant. You have to be working harder all the time or like grow your assets or something. You know what I mean? Because otherwise you're gonna be like someone said it to me not that long ago, like you get a new phone every single year. You know what I mean? Like how often do you improve yourself? Yeah. You know, Brian Matcom, if he's listening. Cheers, lad. That was him. <laughs> a SWAT team officer in Greenborg. He told me that before. It's good. You know? it, it's interesting you said that too because we, I think it was last episode we were talking about being able to take a step back to go forward. Yeah. Right? And that was something I did like when I was bartending before before I, I started bar. Well, I started as a busboy and then take out whatever. Work up, Eventually yeah. got to bartending. And then at that point in my life, I was making more than most of my friends were making. But as I a bartender, yeah, and yeah. I, I knew the same thing. I said, "I'm making great money, but I'm kind of capped. Like yeah, this yeah. is this is what I'm gonna make." Yeah, you got to move up again. <clears throat> you know, I'm working six days a week. Yeah, busting ass every night. Yeah, I'm making good money, but I'm never gonna go above that. And if I when I do at the time I was single, so it didn't matter. But if I do get married and have kids, I'm gonna want to spend some time with them. Probably, of course. yeah, yeah, right. You can't take time it's, off. And stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So that would so that was I knew I had to go backwards. To go forward. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think we talked about it. People, like, struggle with that sometimes. Of they course. think they want to be a manager. They think they want to be an owner because they think, oh, they make – if I'm making this money, they make that money. Yeah. They don't see the don't, struggle before the exactly, steps yeah, that go into yeah, you know? yeah. like, It's like that iceberg picture. You ever see that iceberg and it's like success yeah. and then underneath it's like doubt, criticism, <laughs> right. late nights, hard see, work. Man, and you're like, shit. I, I looked you know, at, what it is. I worked for uh, Bernie Riley and he, he's the man who – he runs Connolly's. He runs Connolly's in the Perfect Point. Sean's and Megan's. And the Marion Row Hotel, which I actually opened up with them and I did the cocktail program in there for them guys. But I worked with him and I, I learned a lot from him. And I learned a lot from working under Declan and Rory Dolan. And my thing is, I'm 27 and James is 25. And I've got at least 20 years of hard work in me. Like at least. And I'm talking real hard work. I can outwork most people. And I genuinely believe when I look at Rory and stuff, I'm like, they guys did it and they did it off just hard work. And if they can do it off just hard work, I've got 20 years of newer technology, of more information, of access to pretty much anything I want as long as I actually want to put my head down to it and do it. There's no reason why I can't do exactly what they did and only the next version of it. And that's what I look at when I look at them guys. I'm like, they paved the way for... For Irish guys, when we look at like it's the like guys, the American dream, pretty yes. much when you imagine, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Rory Dolan comes from a similar place for me. He's like, he's probably like I want to say twenty minutes drive away from me. Well, originally from, but the same thing. He comes from a field in the middle of nowhere with a house, yeah. and yeah. that's it. But now he's you, know, you, you wouldn't have now? enough fingers and toes to count his, his restaurants in Westchester and the city and. Yeah. When we get sidetracked, Dustin. Here, I'm sorry, man. We're just conversation no, away with us. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Keep going. I'm no, not having this conversation. When I look at them guys, genuinely, all I think is like, some people look at them and think, "Oh, they did. They got lucky." This, that. I look at them and I'm like, "Man, I can definitely do what they did. Like, yeah. They did a good job yeah. for the last yeah. twenty years, and I like, can do a good yeah. job." It's like you know? somebody says, "I can't think." It might be Warren Buffett. I might be wrong, but and somebody says, "It's funny. The harder that they work, the luckier they get." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know. I might be Warren Buffett. I'm not too sure. It's one of those guys on here. 
you you make valid points too, though. You know, these guys were in this business forever. They yeah. worked their asses off. They didn't have the same things that we have nowadays. We definitely to build have off. an easier way, yeah. And it, I don't know if it's even necessarily <laughs> easier. It's just it's different, right? And mm. we have to learn how to use all these tools mm. the same way yeah, they learn how resources. to use all their tools. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, through the years of working on that avenue also, I'm looking at some of these owners and I'm like, they don't know what's really happening anymore. Like but they see yeah. the cash sheets, they're seeing what's happening on the back end, they're seeing what's happening in the street, but they're not really visibly seeing the trends yeah, and moving fast yeah, enough yeah, to yeah. change them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But well, the, you I, know, I, if I it's not like broken, don't fix it. You know, like Hudson Grill is a great restaurant, still is. Brazen Fox, great restaurant, still is. You know, that's like a well-oiled machine. It is. Yes. It took like 10, 12 years to get it the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and trends are definitely important. You know, if you're opening somewhere new, I feel like trends are important. But that place has been a staple. And I, and I really, both those places, and I really think that they're going to continue to be a staple for a long time. Yeah. But the trend thing is very important. You're right. And honestly, what I will say is that as much as you're you're dead right, but these guys are after moving on into the next part. Of it. Yeah. You know, these guys are after moving on into the part of they're Almost the type just of people investors. who are giving us the yeah, chance. Man. Now, them specific guys are not giving us the chance right now. But what I'm saying is they are the guys who are... And not to take any away from them. They're no. like, we, we don't have any bad blood no, those guys at all. They're the guys who Big are coming to people all. like me and James now or yourself or anyone who they see in the industry, who they see, like they came to Seamus. Seamus is now a partner in Brazen yep. Fox and has been for a while. Yeah, they he's seen definitely good at his him. job. People and loved him. Yeah, and they're the guys now who are basically picking out the people who they look at and say, like, are they're good for this industry. And, right, they're older, they're like... They've got kids and families and they're ready to enjoy their time off now. They've done the work and I feel like they are now looking to the guys like me and James mm. and Vincent Anazetti and Phil Gasparino and the guys who are up and coming and want to open up their own restaurants. They're looking at them and being like, these guys have great interest in it. These guys are willing to put in the work and I don't need to know what's going on anymore because I have these guys doing it for yeah. me and that's where they're at now. They're in a new yeah. position. But yeah, you know... And that's going, right, like, that's going back to like what we were saying before is Declan Rainsfield, he owns Brazen Fox. You know, he has a wife and a couple of kids now. You know, his priority is more towards those, you know, not spending like 100 hours a week working at the restaurant. Yeah, or even you know his I mean? priority is not what's going to be the next cocktail. You know, his priority is definitely, when I have four kids, I'm sure my priority will not. Uh, I was up yesterday trying to fiddle around with cocktails and we have one coming out and I want to use squid ink. A cocktail, mm-hmm. okay. Nice. So, but Declan doesn't give a fuck. No, honestly, when I worked, when I worked in Raising Fox, if I had went to Declan on a Thursday night after a long week and been like, "Hey, Declan, I have made this cocktail with squid ink in it," he probably would have been like, "That's great, Dana, but I have four girls to get up in the morning for school and this and yeah, that, exactly. and you know, I have three other five other businesses to yeah, run, so exactly. you know, bring so, it up at the next meeting." Yeah, yeah. that's a fantastic idea, but you got to take care of that. Kind of <laughs> yes. Where did the idea for the blind pig come from? Like, why the name the blind pig? Um, that's a good question. All right, I'm very glad that you asked that. Thank question. you. Thank you. All right, so um. We, the the whole business thing was always a thing, you know, uh, when you're hanging out, there's always like a lot of car talk, you know, driving somewhere, there was a lot of business talk, whatever, back and forth. So anyway, when the bar came in, we were thinking about names and we were throwing a few around. We wanted to name the bar after like Famous Gang or, you know, something kind of cool. The Pearl Buttons, Hudson Duster was one, but Hudson Grills already my plans. Old school that. gang names from Yeah, York. just one that sound cool, like the Dead Rabbits, you know. The Dead Rabbits, a great one. It, it's yeah. a fantastic name, yeah. it really, really is, you know. But um, 
those didn't come up and we ended up settling on the blind pig and honestly I hate it I, I hate it <laughs> at the start not I was like no nah, but was, this was this was the first thing that I was like listen I'm getting out forward on the boys like it alright we'll make it work somehow so thank god right touch wood thank god and hopefully we get more strikes to look like this the more I looked into it uh, during the prohibition you know you had your speakeasies and they were very bougie places you know you had celebrities and like your fire department big shots and cops and politicians and all those and then on the lower end of things you had blind pigs which was more casual divey you know probably like a shithole place that you could go and get a drink it was more for the people right and how they used to circumvent the law was they didn't charge you for drinks they charged you an entry fee and gave you a complimentary cocktail mm. that's how they got around the law so you know we we always want to do I think speakeasy started to come more into trend and cocktails and they kind of go hand in hand so we were like we're going to do this and then the blind pig came up and I was like, you know, this is actually a perfect name. Like, wow. He's like, we're, def- we're, we're, we're a speakeasy team, but, you know, we're not, we don't have, like, the fake storefront. Right. And we are in a neighborhood, so we definitely want to be considered, you know, a more casual space. It's like, fucking blind pig, fuck, it's perfect. I was like, good idea, lads. Like, <laughs> great, you know, and, but there you go. You're like, you know, you bury your ego, you let the thing go over, and they're like, you know what, that was a really, really good idea. I'm very glad that we went with that. You know, that's where that came up. Interesting. Yeah. So, but, you know, back to how do you go with your pitch, though? Where, you know, where do you start with this pitch? Do you have a whole PDF that's, document of no, seven sheets open? That's, that's Dano all day. What'd you, what'd he, you do, He buddy? came to me, and I was like, good idea, let's go. <laughs> but he done yeah. the he done the work prior to that. So, um, <coughs> honestly, what happened was when we left Brazen Fox, when I left Brazen Fox and I left White Plains, and I went back down to the city, I seen this, like, new bang of cocktails. Like, I went to the Penrose first, and I was like, wow, I seen what they were doing. Penrose Grace Spot. Grace Spot, yeah. great cocktail bar. And then I went down to a bar down on 14th Street called Grace's, and they had been opened by one of the guys who used to work in the Penrose, and they had started a cocktail program as well. Then I was approached by Bernie Riley, and he asked me to come back working for him, and he told me about the Marion Row Hotel. <clears throat> it was just a blank space, and basically I was being given a run of it, and he was like, so I could do whatever I want. So I was like, I want to do a cocktail spot. So that was right in the middle of Times Square. So I got a really, that was great for our experience. Like that was great for like, I was like, this is my template of now, what would I do when I'm doing it for myself? So I got to do that for them and that's still there and they're, they're, they're going great. So happy for them guys. But once I did that, then Toys came open. And when Toys came open, obviously we had- We had been looking at a few spaces we'd, before we'd, that, We'd right? actually been looking at- At two, we had an offer on one. <clears throat> yeah, we, we looked at two places, another place in Westchester and then we looked at- the old copper face jacks, right? So we went looking at both places. And the place in Terrytown. And, and we went to a place to a Terrytown. So this was at the We went to look yeah. at a few places. Yeah. And then once we went into Ty's Tavern, and honestly, I always knew Ty's, but I'd never been in there. Mm. It was really old. But we were, we straight away, we were like, right, this is pretty much it. This is the spot. Like, we kind of knew we were like, this is way better. Thank God we didn't get anything else. But then it came down to writing a business plan. So when it came down to writing a business plan to the landlords, um, basically I just told them what it was. I yeah, they, I they, were, they, they really believed in the idea too. You have to give it to they, were like, they wanted something more millennial, something cool. You know, Ty's yeah. Tavern was there for a million years. Forever. Yes. So they needed something modern. So we, we, you know, we basically something brought nice on the street. A, a plan and a picture and a vision. And the vision was exactly, I had a picture of two guys behind a bar looking similar to ours, wearing white shirts, suspenders, dicky bows, candle lit, and 
then we went into the business plan, which was written like we want to do elevated bar food menu. You know, we have um, a, a chef who's ready to do that. It's not pub food. We want to do high-end cocktails that are not being done in Westchester. We want to have... We want to be... This was the plan that I told them. We want to be what you want, what you go to the city for. We want to do that. We don't want you to have to go to the city. We want you to be able to get exactly what you mm. want from the city around the corner from your house. And that was the plan. Yeah. And we want to bring basically lower Manhattan, the yeah, East Village Brooklyn, and Brooklyn Upper East Side. And that was the plan because yeah. that's what's cool and that's what's going on now. And that wasn't being done in White Plains. And once we read the business plan for that and... It was it was a long pre- process to write in that, but once we did, I feel like straight away they were like, yeah, they 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 had six other offers and they were like, yeah, and we told them we we're like, look, we we know way plans, we we're very friendly with a lot of people here, um, we, we've been working here before, we know the neighborhood, we know yeah, how it works around very, here. Very very good to me. Uh, we we want very, to be part of the community. We want we don't just want to take from the community. We also want to give the community. Hence, like. We plan on sponsoring leagues and we plan on entering teams and leagues and stuff like this. You know, like we want to have fun with other people as part of the community. We don't want to just be another restaurant. We want to be part of White Plains. And honestly, they they definitely asked around about us and myself and James. I'm sure they got good feedback because they came back to us and they accepted it over the other six offers. And we were super happy that they did. Mm -hmm. And since then, our landlord actually last week had the mayor of White Plains in. Um, yeah, for a fundraising event. Yeah, they, actually, yeah. they had a fundraising event for him, and she set that up herself. So we know she believes in the blind pig as well because she's now bringing business to us, which is great because we have some really, really nice people coming in. And yeah, we're getting amazing feedback as well. Every really like, we're blessed to be able to say that people really like what we're doing, you know, because yeah, it, people it's like awesome. the idea. Of course, you know, what I mean, it's first business. People like the idea, and the fact that we put so much into it, it definitely hearing back that people are like, ah. Oh, you know, we've needed something like this. Uh, this is so refreshing for white plains. To me, like, that's like music to my ears. I'm yeah. like, thank God. I'm yeah. like, cause I mean, yeah, it's, it's, sim- it's, it's in its simplest form, right? Yes. You had, I saw an opportunity to fill a need that was lacking in the area. Yeah. And I was just saying that before, like, there's not a really good cocktail bar in, or, you know, what you said, the way you described it in the, in the yeah. area. No. Man, we yeah, were told, we were actually good. told not to do it. Oh, but, but, uh, everybody yeah, we were told know. cocktails and white plants don't do it people yeah. want beer and shots everybody yeah. tells you not to do it I yeah. think every good Isn't idea it? somebody said don't do it you don't yeah. want to do it yeah. I, li- I like to say well my dad told me not to do it oh, yeah? anything yeah my dad yeah. was like yeah, you don't want to do this definitely go work for somebody else that's yeah. what, that yeah, was that's what he said good. but then you know th- it's in the places where like things are really trendy like Brooklyn for example Upper East Side Astor Place you know places local Queens to a certain extent like these are like new places are popping up. There's um, uh, what's the name of the company that owns uh, Main Fiddler? What's the name? P Mac Hospitality Group, is it? Yes. So they P-Mac, also yeah. owns um, the Haswell Greens, Tanner Smiths, Dutch Freds, all them, all those. So they Great have they bars. have really good cocktail bars. As a matter of fact, yeah. shout out quick, Frankie. Oh Frankie yeah, Frankie Oli helped Cheers us Frankie, with our cocktail yeah. menu yeah, first. He big a, shout out. He's a moving. Of, he's gone and he is in Vegas. The only the way. Yeah, Oli way, uh, Oli way, O L E way, way. Yeah, um, yeah. So those guys, uh, they are the same. Those like just Irish guys. I think. I think one guy is one guy from Cavan. I know two of them are from Dublin. Aren't yes, it? one guy's from Cavan. Yeah, but anyway, uh, those I actually guys. funny story. I was barred from all their bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, when yeah. I used to drink, I don't drink anymore. But when I used to drink, I, 
the me and fiddler i got kicked out of me and fiddler yeah, so many can't times be good all the time you know so many times but uh, i read the, them a letter you wrote them yeah away. i was like ah, i'm sorry and i told one of their employees like i was actually meant to go work for them and then I went in and I told their employees, I was like, look, I was like, tell the guys I'm super sorry that I'd ever caused inconvenience for them. And it, it's been a long time since I've drank and I don't do that anymore. And honestly, then they actually reached out to me and I got chatting to them and they were like, oh, thanks so much. Yeah. And they helped me. They were, they were very, they were they, super helpful. Yeah, they were well. helpful as well. But it's funny because they did like, at one point they didn't even want me in one yeah. of I, I was not going to bring it up, but yeah, there was definitely, I feel like a point when I was working in Black Bear where I was like, yeah, that's a wild boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's a wild boy. Uh, I can, so I can see that. And that helps to have a lot of help from the industry and, yeah. you know, fellow barmates come over and be like, yeah, I want to help you open up that place. Like, yeah, the, yeah, Irish people, I feel like, do that in general. They're pretty good for that. It's, it's yeah, true. A lot of people, they do look out for each other. Yeah, I, I think there should be more of that at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. Throughout yeah. our industry. And I think there should be industry love. Uh, totally. Sure. There should and be sure. industry. And love. now you rep mm. you are representing something here now down too, where there's a lot of sober bartenders and people are like, How can you be a sober bartender? Oh, I get asked that literally every I'm sure. single <laughs> All the time. day. Do you taste them? Yeah, I taste everything. Because I want to know what it tastes like. But I don't have anything against alcohol and I don't think anyone should because we're adults. You have the choice to do whatever you want and it's not an excuse. If you behave a certain way when you concern a certain substance, then you need to rethink what substance you decide to take, you know? And for me, alcohol and me, I wasn't able to be the best me when I drank alcohol. So for me, I needed to step it back because I'm very loose. I'm very loose and impulsive. And like, if, if I'm drunk and I'm looser and more impulsive, it's just crazy. But... I learned quick because I got to the bottom of the barrel super quick, you know. I dove in head first. And then uh, it's funny now that I say that. There's a, there's so many sober bartenders now that I look in. Like, the more that I think about it, the more bartenders I know. And even no, the I mean, more bartenders who I know who drink very, very small amounts. Right. Even if they're not sober, they yeah. don't. Yeah, that would like, be me. Yeah. No, I, went on a, I try and... I do it for, for a couple of reasons. I, on a, I, won't, I try not to drink, but if somebody, like, you know... First, if you build up a habit of doing it with somebody, you know, then if they don't have a shot with you before they leave, then they feel like you kind of stiff them a little bit or whatever. You know, they just don't feel like they're not getting the same hospitality that they usually would get. You know, and then let's say on a busy Friday or Saturday night, uh, a couple of Donald doesn't drink, but if I'm with a couple of lads, they'll take one shot with the guys when it's just before it starts to get busy. Because then, you know, they've had their one shot. Right. You know, they're already comfortable. It kind of makes the night a little more fun. And you, you take the... <coughs> You take the opportunity away from them to take advantage later on because they're like, oh, I already, I already had, I already it. had it. You know, yeah. I don't, he's down there. You know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna take yeah. advantage. Man, of one Christmas I decided it was a good idea to take shots with bar uh, with people at the bar, and I don't do that ever, ever. Yeah. And I did a shot with. It. I found myself. I was like, I cannot say no to people. So I ended up saying a shot. After one shot, I did a shot with like everybody who came into the bar on Christmas. Uh, but the end of the night, I was so wrecked, like wrecked. <laughs> I was like, oh man. Like, I woke up the next day, I didn't even know I was at work the night before. You know, like, but that's me. I, and I got, on, I got on the train in Woodlawn before, and I had a bottle of Captain Morgan's. And I, it was a Metro North. And I got off the train in Grand Central, and I finished a whole <laughs> bottle of Captain Morgan's. And I was just drinking it. Like, no Coke, nothing, just going at it. And, um, man, that's like, 
if I if I just start drinking shots, that's it. I'll be gone. I'll drink a shot with everyone. Then like, ah, do we drink a shot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it definitely can be a downward spiral. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? That's one of the things you really got to stay on top of. That's oh, why, yeah. like, I do it on a Friday and Saturday because you know there's the busiest nights, you know, and people are like, oh, I need a shot, like, you know, so you give them the one shot, get it out of the way, get it out of the, the system, way, yeah. you know, and then that's done. And if they do any more, they know they're taking advantage because you know I've already you, said it's okay. I've done it with you. But being you in know, the bar so industry, the, the problem is, is right. It's grand for me and James. We've all I worked in after hour bars. I worked in an after hour bar in the Bronx when I left Brazen Fox. The bar I worked in in Murray Hill was after hour bar as well, or at least I turned it into an after hour bar. <laughs> so um, <laughs> listen, the first train back to Westchester is not till five thirty, yeah. so I'm not leaving work until five thirty. But um, what I what I see a lot of is what definitely stands in a lot of people's way, in my opinion, <coughs> is that if you're in if you're in the business, if you're in our industry and you finish your shift at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock and there's bars still open and you go to a bar, man, you're coming home with half of what you left your bar with. You know, if you got paid, you can easily spend half of that, if not all of it, yep. before all, you even get home. It. It, it's not about what you make, it's what you take home. Yep. You know, and that's a serious thing because it's like when people forget, it's like, yeah, you might be making money, but you're spending money. If you, like... It, that's a big thing with your income. You know, you're, it depend, you, you can't say your salary is a certain amount or you if can't say you bring home disappears. a certain amount. Yeah. If you are look at Mike Tyson. Made yeah. millions and millions and millions of dollars and went broke. Yes. Always, you know always I mean? made like, some poor decisions. Well, yeah, of course, but there you go. Especially a couple of poor decisions, people, that's where it goes. You know, especially for people. the people working in yeah. the city. You know, if you're in the industry and you know you got to get home and you're surrounded by 10 bars before you even get <laughs> near your house, it's yeah, very it's easy tough. to pop into them. You know, and it's like this, like, when I go into a bar, I'm looking after the bartender. So it's like right off the bat, you gotta look after the bartender, and then it's whatever you drink. So that's a big. That's a big. You look at that at the end of the year. That's that's your I, deposit on your house. I learned that the hard way. My <laughs> first couple of years of bartending. So do we all. And it was because yeah, so, it, it was so easy. You're like, yeah, you know what? No big deal. I'm gonna spend this money. I'm gonna make it tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. always coming to you the next day. Exactly. It was, it was too easy to yeah. to spend. Man, that's I, what it is. I start yeah. working in Brazen Fox when I was 21. Man. No, 22, sorry. When I was 22 and I thought I was on top of the world. I was working in White Plains, which is a lovely place. I was surrounded by like great people. Uh, it was super busy on the weekends and I was 22 and the girls were probably 22. That was great. <laughs> and then I was making money that I'd never made before as well. And I was like, man, I was a huge idiot. I was the biggest idiot ever. Like I was like, yeah, you Same know, we man. all are, but... 22 was a great year, though. Oh, God bless <laughs> him. God bless America. Fantastic. Great year, what a time to be alive. What happened, me, what happened to me once, it was a real, like, it was it was a real, like, rude awakening almost. I was coming home from work one day, and it must have been 5 a.m. And I was, like, parking my car, and there's an old Irish guy sitting on the stairs or the steps outside of his house. He's probably had a few bottles or whatever, so he was... If I'm being the old, typical old Irish guy as I start to reverse, he's like waving me back. He's like, come on, you've another foot, <laughs> six inches, three inches. Whatever. So anyway, I get out and I stop and I talk to him for a few minutes. I'm like, what's going on? Thanks very much. And he asked me where I was coming from. I told him I was bartending. And he says, he's like, take my advice. Save your money. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty good at putting stuff away. He's like, no, no, no. Save your money. He's like, I made millions. Right, he's like, I bartended for a long time. He's like, and I drank and gambled. And now, you know, I'm still working. And I was like, looking at him, man, this guy was like 80. Yeah, man. And I was like, I, was, I said it to him, I was like, man, you should be tired. And he honestly nearly cried. 
And I said it to him, I said, you should be retired. He, all, he almost burst into tears. Why are you doing that to Because I'm Because I'm a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was real rude awakening. I'm like, shit, you know. That's, He's not wrong. You know, the, yeah. fa- the quick cash is, you know, it's great. But you know, you got you definitely have to have a long-term plan. Because if you're, you know, you keep living like that. Like, you ever see people living week to week? Yep. The bartender can live day to day. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, and you, you can just have a good have a day. Head. You can have a really fucking you good day. You can have a good day. <laughs> Sometimes you, <laughs> you have a good two days. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, you know, t- the industry's been great to us. Uh, yeah, I've no, honestly, probably, hopefully things go well, you know, and we continue to open more places and it'll come to a point where we have, you know, three or four bars, hopefully again, please God. But it'll come to a point where we're so busy we can't bartend anymore. And when that day comes along and I'm like, oh, I can't bartend anymore. No. That's like problems though. I well, genuinely, you know, I'll, be, I'll be sad. I think I'll be sad. I genuinely well. be sad. I love it. It's great. It's I nice come into work. Like, I'm going to work at six o'clock today. Yeah. Man, I feel like I'm at work sitting here now with you guys. I was like, when I'm when I'm when I'm back behind the bar, I will be absolutely chilling. Like yeah. that's that's where that's my happy I mean, place. In, like we just yeah. sitting, like shooting the shit with you guys. Like this is our job, pretty much. Yeah, I'm working right now. <laughs> you know, the only thing is, I'm not crack. making cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could you could. You could have brought some if you wanted. I know, honestly, <laughs> I was we just should, thinking that a few minutes ago. I see, I seen your, I seen your nice lamp, and I was like, you know what? I should have brought something for these Man. guys. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. if it's ever nice enough to have us back, yeah, I'll have something. If you ever have us back, we'll bring cocktails. I promise. We oh. came straight from uh, training jujitsu. Yeah. So, oh, where do you guys train? East Coast, East Coast. United. Yeah. Nice. Ferris Avenue. One of me, um, one of my chefs in the city. He trains at uh, Radical MMA. Nice, nice one. Yeah. Sweet. Man, one of the best things ever done. Best thing you'll ever do. Trying, train. Deciding to train jiu-jitsu will make you This is really going to turn into a Joe Rogan very, podcast show very very really quick. We're <laughs> yeah. just talking about jiu-jitsu now. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Oh, shit. So t- talking about the cocktail side too, uh, you know, there's, and you touched on it earlier, trends, right? Trends mm-hmm. happen right now. The whole thing is let's find cocktail bars. It's not a speakeasy, but it has that atmosphere and it has that vibe to it, right? Yeah. Um, trends are great. They continue drinks in a direction mm. that lasts for a long time. And then we've got fads. We've yes. got things that just show up overnight and then disappear pretty quickly, mm, yeah. too. Yoda cocktail. Yoda <laughs> baby cocktail. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, it that, someone what was that, tried to get me to make that, and I'm like, I am not putting my effort into making this for two weeks. That's yeah. going to be Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad it didn't happen. But, y- you know, current fad that we have, too, is the, the gun that produces the little smoke cloud the, that sits yes, on top. The bubble, yes. yeah, yeah. To me, nothing looks worse on a bar top than this mechanical device mm. that makes a little noise as it's pumping out its little cloud. Exactly. And mm. honestly, it's really just like a garnish almost. You're just doing it there and you pop it and it, I've, apparently it doesn't even give like a smell, it just gives like a look. One yeah. thing yeah. that we learned from the Dead Rabbit, which I really liked, was if the garnish doesn't have a reason to be there, you don't need it. Why is it there? Yeah. yeah. Sustainability. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of garnish. If it doesn't like bring an, nice an aroma to the cocktail, yeah, yeah. then there's a big just thing. For in, there's a big thing in Death and Co as well. Yeah. You know, if it if the garnish isn't practical and functional, it shouldn't be there. Like it's just, you know, whatever. Yeah. We and do, honestly, we the trends. Right, I I love the trends because we follow the trends, which we do big time. Because obviously, there's a lot of people in this industry who we looked up to. We asked a lot of people for help. We don't by any means shout out and say like, oh, where did the dog's bollocks on the top of the food chain because we're not but we look up to the guys who are and we learn from them every day and what I will say is you only follow trends until you start setting them and that's what we're what we're at now is we're going to keep 
continue to follow the trends and improve on the trends until it gets to a point where it's like we're going to improve on them and we're going to make the trends because we decided this week we were going to bring out a classic cocktail menu and we didn't decide to bring that out so that we can it, the, the functional part of it wasn't I want to give a classic cocktail to everybody in Westchester the functional part of it was if we can bring a classic Sazerac to a lady who drinks a vodka soda okay and she wouldn't even know what that is but if we can give her a piece of paper where she can read that off and order that to us and she might not even never know what it was me and James and our bartenders are going to be making more classic cocktails than any other bartenders around and that's to improve us that's because if I make 100 Sazeracs next week you can guarantee I'm making 100 more than most bartenders and that's (laughs) that's what's going to improve us like you know we're trying to make our lives hard Mm -hmm. so that we can be comfortable being uncomfortable and improve ourselves. That's a good way to put it too. Comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. You know, these. Mm-hmm. you say having a classic cocktail list, it's a shame that we even have to put out a classic yeah, cocktail I was, list. I was just like every bartender actually, yeah. should just know the classics. Yeah, you should. I was in Connecticut and somebody ordered a sidecar and the other bartender was like, the fuck is this? Yeah, yes. no, and man, I was yeah. just like... One of the classics. Actually, I know, know the book. Yeah, there's yeah. six classic cocktails yeah. and the yeah. sidecar is one of them. Yeah, according to the cocktail codex written by uh, Death & Co., they say, you ever hear of, uh, in literature there's only seven basic plots? Even since back in Shakespearean times, there's only seven basic plots for any story. Yes. And every single other story is under the, the filing you know, cabinet of the story. The guy's going to get the sword from the yeah, stone. The hero's he journey. finds himself. You know, the hero's all the stories journey, are the same. Yeah. They're just put yeah. differently. So yeah. same, same thing with, cl- with, uh, with cocktails. There's only six basic cocktails. I really should be able to name them off right now. I was about to say, what, what are those six basic cocktails? <coughs> Let me give it a rip. Hold on. I think you got it. Old fashioned. Yep. The martini. Yep. The daiquiri. Yep. The sidecar. Yep. The flip. And the old fashioned. Did I say old fashioned? No, you said old fashioned. Yeah, Manhattan. I said old fashioned. Uh, no, I think it's Manhattan. It might be Manhattan. I might be wrong. No, there's one more. Definitely one more. Oh, the whiskey highball. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Whiskey highball. That's exactly what it is. But there it is six. And everything else is a derivative. Yeah. Everything else is using a riff of one of those. Or some kind, you know. So yeah, if you can, if you know, you really got to understand those. And again, like just like you said, Justin, like the classic cocktails. I, I think that's just an industry thing. Like after a while, because for some of our research, what we what we found out was that during prohibition and even pre-prohibition was known as the golden age of cocktails. They didn't have refrigeration, so everything had to be made fresh all the time. Mm-hmm. They used to use shrubs to preserve stuff. Yep. And it was crazy. I watched a documentary about it. They didn't have ice. Huge, they didn't have ice. There was a huge ice industry. Basically, like, they'd go up to, like, Canada or these lakes that were starting to freeze from the outside in and they'd cut huge blocks of ice and ship it to wherever it was needed. But it was super expensive. Mm. You know what I mean? So most of this stuff had to be made fresh. So um, what happened, uh, I think this is one thing I was telling somebody about the old-fashioned. This is, like, is like one of the things that came up. Um, Sugar, spice, so, water. Yeah, so an old-fashioned essentially is bourbon, sugar, and uh, bitters. Okay. Right, that's all it is. You know, you go to a lot of sports bars or something like that, you get the muddled orange and the cherry and stuff. But what happened was, well, this is one story I heard anyways, um, again, it's Golden Age Cocktails, bartenders were serious about their profession, and they were making a decent living. And what happened was, was uh, prohibition struck, and all those guys that were serious about what they were doing, they're like, well, I'm not going to stop my job. I'm just going to go somewhere else and do it. So you go to Cuba... Caribbean, South America, uh, Europe, all those places, and that's then when Prohibition we, was that's over, that's where we got a lot of the um, 
a lot of tiki cocktails came from mm. bartenders leaving yeah. you know the golden Cuba. age and yeah. going over to like these more funky countries yeah. and making up tiki drinks. It's the same with the Hemingway Daiquiri came from being chilling in Cuba or whatever but um, prohibition ended and then everybody's racing to get liquor licenses because there's no bars you know it's like a untapped market and then they needed bartenders like crazy so they're hiring anybody and people come in and like make me an old fashioned like what the fuck's an old fashioned is it? Yes. just throw fucking this and just put some orange in there and just tr- throw it yeah. and that's that's probably what happened Yes. You know, but it's not necessarily the wrong way of making old fashioned. Right. It's the no. new way of making old fashioned. We we have this argument too within the bar all the time, and it, it it almost feels weird when you go into a new place, and I have to go. How do you guys do your old fashioned? Right, <laughs> because there's three hundred and seventy five different variations yes. to make old fashioned at the loads. end of the day. Yeah, but like you say too, every drink is just a riff off another drink exactly. for the most part. Yeah. as far as you take your basics. Yeah. And you've got your components, right? You've got your liquor, you've got your uh, citrus, Sugar. and you've got your sweet, right? Yeah. And everything is just a little bit different in yeah. how many ounces go into this thing. Man, it's like exactly. saying, right? It's like Winston What's Churchill a said. What Winston, is a sidecar, Winston right? Churchill a said, no drink is, is bad, some are just better than others. A cognac margarita. I think it's something yeah, along sure. the lines. There you go. Like, completely. What's the difference? Nothing. Well, yeah. you say that, I'm sorry. I'm sidecar, cognac margarita. Basically. Basically. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's almost there. You know? It is. Yeah, it's instead it it's but cognac, and, and, and sugar, and and fucking control, control, lemon. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, it's, it's like people forget that it's like if you look at these enough, you will see the same recipes in most cocktails. Yeah, Besides, there's a formula and a structure for yes. fruit and stuff. Oh, and once you yeah. master that formula, you could really yeah. take it in your own hands yeah, to be making drinks that actually exactly. work. You have an idea. And someone, people, it happens to us a lot. I would say a couple of times a chef and people come in, they're like, make me something. Yeah. I was like, all right, give me something to go by. I was like, I, I like everything. It's like, all right. I like, do, I like do, you like, do you like gin? It's like, no. No. Do you like bourbon? It's like, yeah, okay, okay, now we got somewhere to go. And yeah. then you just you pretty much just make a balanced Maybe. cocktail. Man. And if, if it's well balanced, people are like, oh, this is from a bomb. Yeah. Like one of my friends came in, actually, his name is Doug Sentry, very, very published writer. He was he was uh, nice enough to give us a lot of books that we're going to be using as decoration. We're also going to be using them a little more practically. Well, you'll see it in the future. But um, he comes in, he's a big vodka drinker. He's like, yo, make me anything. And before that, I had made somebody just a whiskey sour, just a regular old-fashioned whiskey sour. I mean, he's like, yo, what's that? I was like, it's a whiskey sour. Would you like to try He's like, I don't really like whiskey. He's like, try it. Mm-hmm. So I made it for him, and he was like, yo, this is fucking delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, thank God. Yes. <laughs> Shit. And, and he should yeah. be able to get that anywhere. That shouldn't yeah. be something that you have to come yeah. to, like, a high-end cocktail bar to get. You should be able to get that just about anywhere. Yeah. But the also the thing is, is... It's volume, I think, affects that. The volume affects yeah. it a lot. And honestly, that's one way that our bar would not work if me and James... Now, that's not to say our other bartenders wouldn't do it, because they would. They're great. But our, if, if we weren't leading the way, shown by example, right? If we didn't jig every single drink ourselves and we didn't measure every cocktail ourselves and control. hold ourselves yeah. to them standards, so the people working with us wouldn't either. Up. And honestly, unless you're doing them things, then it's very... very Mm. People, people forget. It's like you can make. If every one of us here made a cosmopolitan, it would be different. Absolutely. Okay. If every one of us made a cosmopolitan with a jigger and made it to the recipe of a cosmopolitan, it would be the same, very same close same. to yeah. the exact same. Yeah. And That's a good point you bring up. Actually, you about cannot. Like, you I cannot do that. It's a good my, point you bring up. Sorry, it's my, brother, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, please. It's it's my biggest struggle because when we opened the bar, I didn't I didn't start that way. Yes. Right. We, I opened the bar and. Be hard to get it back. Now your consistency yeah, is all over the place. It's right? all over the place. Yeah. I mean, we're getting it. I'm yeah. yes. ringing it back in. Yeah, a couple, like of, a couple of meetings you'll have it done. And, and also, yeah. it's not 
if you're not making right. Hemingway daiquiris, then it's not going to be your biggest issue upset. If you're banging out 20 vodka sodas like Brace and Fox is, you know, when I was working at Brace and Fox, give me three Jack and Cokes, give me four margaritas, give me yeah. five vodka sodas. Now, it's not so much of a problem if I'm a half ounce off, but if I'm making you a sidecar and I have a half ounce too much lime, yeah. your yeah. sidecar is going to take less lemon, ass. Right? Yeah, yeah. Lemon. And then um, all of a sudden the money's different too. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That was the the biggest, money is a different thing. That's the biggest, a complete the, one. The biggest stigma I battled with was getting our bartenders, like, they had this idea that if they... I'm sorry. I'm shot. Control. Sorry, lads. They had this idea that if we used a jigger, it looked bad or something. I think that's like an old way of looking at people it. People think it looks bad, but what... I think it looks good. But what people yeah, it looks f- professional. You right? know? It looks bad to people through different eyes. If you're looking at it like, oh, they're measuring it, so they're checking that I'm getting right. a certain amount. But that not what, people, what people forget is most bars are not pouring. First off, if they are pouring, right, they're not pouring two-ounce pours. <laughs> and if you get a jigger two-ounce pour, that's more than you're probably getting off most people. If yeah, you get a double, that's four ounces. That's, like, that's crazy. That would yeah. be a lot. Yeah. But the jigger, honestly, for me, it actually makes sure that the guest gets... What exactly what they're paying for and, and not and getting get short it, and they get right. it every because, time man people think they come in and have you know? four cocktails in our bar and they're bomb bomb <laughs> oh yeah three, of course. three and they're it's well true, underway right. if you're a lady and you have yeah. three cocktails you're gonna feel that yeah. because even there's even at least dudes, three man. ounces of liquor in each of our cocktails you know some of them are a little bit heavier some of them actually all of them are three ounces <laughs> so it's like this is what people forget they're like I'm jiggering this is liquor like yeah. I know what this is gonna do to you. I'm measuring this <laughs> so it's gonna do the right amount. Right. I don't want you to Just drink this one drink and be fucked. I want you to feel nice. And after you, you want them to enjoy. You want them to beverage. be able to enjoy exactly. the cocktails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want them to be able to have another beverage. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what. But they want to have yeah. another as well. You know, I no one wants have to have yeah. one drink and be right. fucked for the rest of the day. Yeah, that's rude. You have to go home and take a nap really quick. You know. Yeah. Well, we were talking about base base recipes and seeing all recipes the same. You mentioned something I haven't seen a lot of, and that was the squid ink that you were playing with. Mm. Yeah. So where did that end up? What What was the recipe that ended up Man. with the squid ink? I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go into the recipe yet because yeah. this is going. Oh, so it's still, it's no, it's still trial yet. and error. It, it, it's still trial and it's, error. Right it's now. trial and error. I have a set idea. We We switch out every two weeks. We pretty much boost up our cocktail menu. So we've got four new ones that probably will be on. I would hope by the end of the week, right? Probably be, well, tomorrow's Monday. Friday, today's Friday, shit. Yeah, it'll be probably it'll by be Monday. Monday. Probably by Monday. It'll be Monday. But yeah. we have four new ones coming on. Each of them with cool names because we like to play with the names. Yeah, the names are very important. We um, love the names. The one with Squid Ink, I'm going to call it Mr. Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. You know, <laughs> the girls are going to love it. But it's got mezcal. So it's going to be a smoky drink and it's going to be dark. And that's all I'm going to say about that one. You just you just brought up another valid point too, right? Like so often I'm a guy, I want to work in a bar. A lot of places are just like we need girls. We don't want guys behind the bar. We need to get some girls mm-hmm. in here cuz that's how we're going to get business in here from all these guys. Yes. And you know, I th- I think Brazen's one of those places too that's a, that was always kind of a little bit more guy heavy at the end of the yeah, day. Definitely yeah, definitely more guy heavy. Big I yeah. always noticed that. I I don't know. I honestly don't know if that's what they intended on doing. I think maybe they just had a hard time finding like good girl bartenders because the girls that they hired are were phenomenal, good. really yes. good. Jules Ide- and Edel, Jules, Edel, and Noel there, the minute Lynetta, they're really, yeah. really strong. And then you had Lindsay, Lindsay worked up from yeah. working on the floor yeah. and she spent a long time working yeah. at Brazen up until working yeah. at the bar. 
they're like they're strong bartenders you know yeah. what I mean? and honestly in my four years there I don't think I any, seen many girls come in looking for bartending positions you know what I mean the thing I, I is, is so. most girls who come in looking for a bartending position in my opinion now not all I know some great career bartenders who are girls and the ones who are career bartenders are girls me and James had a conversation about this when we were in the city two days ago they're not they're if you're a career bartender girl and you're in a cocktail bar or any other bar, the odds are is that people want to keep you. If you're good, mm, true. no one wants Julia to lose Vos their staple ready bartender. Like she, everybody wants her. No, like nobody she was headhunted from death and coal. Honestly, the there's not many of them. There's really not. You get a lot of girls who want to do it while they're in college. You get a lot of girls who want to do it on the side while they're in yeah. school. You get a lot of girls who... I think that's who, just the industry in general. People yeah, it don't take it serious. Yeah, they're like, I'm just doing this till I finish college. You get like a girl... Who knows, like, right, I'm going to get tipped because guys are going to come into the bar and she's like, I'm not going to have to work too hard because obviously, not saying they don't, a lot of them do, but yeah, they're not going to have to work hustlers. as hard because they're getting the attention crazy. of the men. And as long as they have the attention of the men, their customers or their guests, sure, their bosses are going to be pretty happy with that. But yeah. ha- and that's the thing too, is like the math about it though is if you put a couple studly dudes behind the bar... There's going to be girls coming in and check those guys at the bar. And yes. if there's girls sitting in those seats, there's going to be guys coming in and sitting in the seats I think this guy has well, tattoos right? on his neck. <laughs> I am. <laughs> like, on, so that's the whole point. Here. But no, it, it definitely works for certain places. You know, there, We've seen it in a few places that we looked at. Like employees only is one. I think they, they only hire dudes. If not only I think majority, definitely. Yeah, no, I've never seen one. I've, I've never seen, seen a girl. girl I've, I've seen a few girls like working service. Yes. You know, coming in and making I've drinks and dipping I've out. I've never been served by a lady in employees. Yeah. Only. I think, does Nate have a friend that works in employees only? Or maybe she's, is she a bartender or not? I'm not sure. I know. But, um, but yeah, I haven't seen it there. And honestly, I don't know. It's just the way it goes. You know, if, um, I, listen, I don't, I, this is a dangerous topic I don't even want to go into too much Charlie 1 Charlie 2 we've got a rubber ducky yeah, sorry, I beat the bald eagle has landed technical difficulty over here. <laughs> uh, yeah. not, not to stray off too far from cocktails too but uh, a lot of guys have infusion preferences right some guys rather infuse different uh, taste spectrums into syrups mm. yeah uh, some guys rather put it directly into the spirit yeah. itself yeah um, There's a big one with portals and shrubs. You know, we have yeah, all these ways to execute. Um, what, do you have a preference in the way that you're executing these different flavors into drinks? Um, I suppose if we were doing like what we we one of our drinks is called the pharmaceutical stimulant, and we use vanilla vodka for it. It's basically like an espresso martini, and we don't add a lot of sweetness because the vanilla adds the sweetness itself. You know, um, honestly, we do that because it's convenient for us. I mean, it's super handy, but we do make a, most of what we use, actually all of what we make, we make fresh. If we were going to do, take that drink, for example, if we're going to make vanilla vodka, we would infuse it straight into the spirit, yeah. I believe. And vanilla for, beans are not cheap either. For, yeah. for me, you know, personally, I find, right, I mean, you don't really if want you're having a cocktail much, you know I mean? that has, if you're, right, you're going to make a margarita, okay, uh, the odds are your main, your main, like, staple in the margarita is the tequila so if if i was going to make if i wanted to make a margarita and i wanted rosemary in i would put the rosemary into the tequila because i'm not going to put it into the lemon i'm not going to put it into the sugar that's just me if i was making an old-fashioned and the staple point in the old-fashioned is the bourbon or a manhattan and it's the rye i would rather infuse the liquor in a cocktail like that as opposed to all right if i'm making if i'm making a tiki drink 
why am I gonna infuse the room with that? I'm putting loads of different like that's yes. just me. I feel yeah. like if the if the if the if the fourth most thing in your cocktail is the liquor, I would infuse the liquor. Is if it not, it's not, uh, sorry, I was gonna say, is it not cheaper, maybe more cost effective though, to infuse the syrup for something like an old fashioned instead of now I have this? Yeah, bourbon, yeah, you, know, if you got only yeah. what do you, how much sugar you're gonna put into your old fashioned? Probably a quarter ounce, right? Yeah. So if you really want to flavor a banana in your banana rama or whatever you're gonna call yeah, your yeah, banana flavored old fashioned, you're gonna use two ounces of bourbon. If the bourbon happens to be a banana bourbon, like. You know, if you infuse your bourbon with bacon or whatever people are doing nowadays, mm. you're going to use two ounces of it. So I feel like it's easier to get the flavor out of two ounces yeah. in your, than it would be to get right it out of the quarter ounce. And even most people don't use a quarter ounce in an old-fashioned. They're using a bar spoon. So it's like you're Almost probably not going to get over get the flavor of whatever you're trying to get into a bar spoon of syrup as opposed to two ounces of liquor. That's my take on it and I, I honestly haven't spoke to anyone it's a good question I haven't spoke to yeah, any other bartenders I remember you it. brought this you, you asked that's this. my view I think it. you brought it up last time you were in the pig Justin you were saying the jalapenos are very very inconsistent yeah, yeah. You know what I mean I, um, they are yeah so well that's one thing you know and if we were making syrups like all our syrups we make you know what I mean all the purees we make and we make one huge batch you know and whatever we, we don't use at that time we freeze to keep fresh but we burn through whatever we have and then you know we, we want things have to be fresh it's the only way about it and for us, it's just easier to make the syrup and yeah. then use the vodka because, you know, if we're using some sort of spirit, you know that's going to be the same. Yeah. Like if I'm you making I mean? a martini, right, if I wanted to make, say, a grey goose martini and it's summertime and I want to make, maybe I would infuse the vodka in the martini, you know, instead of having to add a syrup to it because there's no syrup in a martini. Mm-hmm. But if I'm making a cocktail, personally, I'm probably going to use a syrup. And, but if I'm making like a martini or an old fashioned or a Manhattan or something like that, I would rather try and infuse the liquor. That's just me. In, like, or a Negroni. A Negroni is basically Preferences. all liquor, like, you know. So it, it's just down to it. That's me personally. And that's where my mind goes to it with the, when, I, when I'm playing with things like that. Are you guys utilizing ISI at all? Uh, ISI, like the berries? Yeah. No, 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 no. no. no like the, the whipped cream. Yeah. Uh, canister that has the nitrogen no. in it for no. quick infusions no 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 we haven't and honestly our, it's our, not we, to say it's something we won't ever look at yeah it's not to say it's something we won't ever look at because we may like you know it's like we, we may play with everything you know mm-hmm. like try it and see but um we take a lot of stuff from the from like the dead rabbit like when we train there they they're very um very old school. Yes. They really don't use a lot of stuff that they didn't have available in like the 1800s. Mm. Or, sorry, not the 1800s. Probably, <coughs> but like, like with, if you're in the parlor room upstairs, it's called the parlor, isn't it? The parlor's yeah. upstairs. Yeah. If you're in the parlor room and you get a drink on the rocks, like they'll have a huge block of ice like they used to get before and mm. they'll hand chip it down for you. We started doing that lately. Yeah, you know? we hand chip our own ice. They don't use that technology, not to say it's bad. They just don't use it yeah. because, you know, this is the old school way and, you know, they're the best bar in the world twice. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like so yeah. and honestly it is. Yeah, sometimes simple as bar, man. You know, sometimes it's like If it ain't right, broke, don't fix it. Yeah, it's man. like and the cocktails why take are you time. trying to learn you know I mean? right, get back to your if you play a sport, right, you box, say, or you do martial arts or anything, they're not gonna start telling you, Oh, this is the new move that's on YouTube, go learn that they're gonna be like, Alright, but like are your elbows tucked in so yeah. you're not getting hit in the kidneys? You know what I mean? Like, you, mm. you, you, you want to do a backflip, but your elbows aren't tucking in when you throw a jab. And that's where we're at right now. We're like, we're not going to go past that until we have perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, until we get classics, 
perfect and signature menus perfect then if you want to go play with some other stuff do but and, and i feel like most bars do not have them perfect you know so it's like they're jumping ahead of themselves like a lot of these bars man i i went i i think i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say he did or didn't but i remember when my friend was working in black bear they had him they had him using the the ice that smoked and i think it was only for like a week they got in that was towards the end huh yeah and i'm like is you either that that's just? like you we've got so much things to fix and you want to start trying to smoke ice <laughs> like our, our use yeah. ice that smokes like again you know like what Donald like, says like every week we're trying to constantly improve let's get and back we have only been open two you months to, you have to keep in mind too that some restaurant groups rubric though is we have to have one staple shit. drink that is the trend of the moment and yeah. that's it and that was really what was happening with that nitrogen ice at some yeah. point and not only that you can find that in all those same locations of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's the staple. Yeah. And it's, it still yeah. kind of is. Yeah, and yeah, also it's not, it's not a bad idea. And, and listen, you know, I, I get it, idea. but it's like, when everybody's old-fashioned tastes the same, then we'll go and we'll get nitrogen ice. When everybody's margarita tastes the same, we're going to go and get nitrogen ice. That's where I'm at. You know, I'm like, I have enough on my hands right now. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. With consistency of, man, I guarantee you right now, Fuzz 5 walked into it and you can pick just about any bar and all of us ordered in Manhattan the odds are if we all tasted each other's they would be a little bit different the odds of even the same bartender doing it because that that standard is not there in 90% of places and yeah. for me I think it's like I said basics of a martial art or anything it's like get back to basics get everything right from the ground from the start right. and then we'll work on the other stuff mm. you know yeah there's always room for improvement it's like yeah. making a cup of coffee yeah. you know what I mean yeah. you can you can always add more milk but you can't take it away yeah and not only that mm. but it's like we've all dr- made our own self a cup of coffee that we didn't like haven't we like you know yeah, I'm yeah. like some days I make it and I'm like man that coffee like shit yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, it'd be nice to have one too lads. thanks and, very much and talking of consistency too you know it, it's important being in a cocktail bar where everyone's going to get the same classic cocktail with the same recipe same jiggered yeah. out way yeah. so and you know, your cocktail list, though, I'm sure for your classics, run off of a classic recipe list. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Uh, PDT's classic recipe list is <laughs> not maybe the same as employees only's classic no. recipe but because the classics do stem from yeah, somewhere. They do. Yeah. And, there's, and there's thousands but, of different But what you will get is a lot of them will show you the classic recipe and then they'll show you their preferred yeah. classic recipe. Yeah. And we have that as well. Like James has his preferred martini. Yeah. His preferred martini it's a martini it might be if you go and look up a classic martini recipe it won't be far off you'll know it's the same thing but it might have a little twist of it yeah but in general like like you said what's a daiquiri you know what i mean if you go to employees only and ask for a daiquiri you should get pretty much the same thing than if you go to a dead rabbit and ask for a daiquiri you should Mm -hmm. get a well-balanced rum citrus and sugar Mm-hmm. that's what you should yeah. get and that's what a daiquiri is it's just like we can forget about the measurements and stuff it's well balanced citrus sugar and rum you know and it should taste pretty much the same mm. and that's that's what I look at it and honestly it's like when we were training up in the dead rabbit that's what they had us test on they were like yeah, right, one of the things make, is make, make, make daiquiris because it's like a daiquiri is a daiquiri yeah. and that's it and even we have people come in and be like, oh, this is a daiquiri, is it a strawberry? No, it's, it's a classic daiquiri, <laughs> yeah. how it is. And you can man, you can spice up a classic da- daiquiri super easy, man. Let's say you go, all right, instead of just using Bacardi, we're going to go, all right, one part plantation pineapple, one part Bacardi dark, 
instead of using simple syrup, we're going to use demerara and then we're going to use, you know, your citrus. So it's like you can, and I guarantee you, if you make that, that's going to be a tasty cocktail. Mm. It's going to be tastier than a regular daiquiri, <laughs> but it's still a daiquiri. It's still a daiquiri. You know, and yeah, that's just what put it comes in a little down bit extra love into it, you know. Yeah, just yeah. a little, little bit, bit more love. TLC. But that's, and honestly, and, and but it'll still be balanced citrus, sugar, rum. And this the daiquiri. So how do you guys, how did you guys train the other bartenders? Uh, we are actually, we're pretty lucky. Most of the guys that we have there have worked in yeah. cocktail bars like, for a long time. Like Justin Escobar, I would say, he's he's really, really good. You know, really good. He never doesn't have a smile on his face, which yeah. is like very, very warm and welcoming when somebody comes to the bar, which is huge. He also really, really wants to be there. You know, he's put in the grind. Yeah. So he's one that I would say I had to work he's hardest. Right yeah, he's there right now. He's probably one that had to work hardest along with us. Yeah. But then other people they have on uh, Evan Santoro, he has tons of experience. Known for the <laughs> Santoro stop throughout yeah. the tri-state area. That's what he's known for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. But he's... Um, I met Evan He's like, he's like a walking encyclopedia. You yeah. pay, touch any bottle, he can tell you exactly about it. He's won a few margarita competitions and stuff. Yeah. The last he, place he, he worked was in was, uh, what do you call it, El Pastor? El Pastor, it's a rooftop bar in Murray Hill. Tequila, tequila bar. Tequila bar, yeah. But he's worked yeah. in cocktail bars before that. But even he has said himself it's like great he's worked in cocktail bars and he's also worked in you high know volume volume high volume sports bars he's done both he works for 12 years down the city he's three years older than myself and he says the same thing he's like this is the first place i've worked where we're doing both like where we have three deep high volume but we're still putting out ju- like cocktails and honestly that's been a huge challenge mm-hmm. it's been a, we it's had real to tough. change our bar concept because like we yeah. weren't expecting we had to, to get be that some way. custom made equipment yeah. like we had to get stuff like specifically made or like this isn't working yeah researchers like can you get one no is it all right we gotta get this thing made like yeah gotta go steel fabric here we have we have more equipment coming at the minute we had to implement some and you know we we'll probably continue to the do volume <clears throat> like and it's not that we have like a crazy volume it's that we have a small bar right. and you can only fit three bartenders behind it and we get full yeah you know and us are full. If you go to Death and Co, they do not get full. They get one person in every seat because right. you're not allowed in Death and Co if you can't sit in a seat. Right? right? We don't which have is good that. For them, you know. Yes, yeah, which like, we don't have that. We have like one in every seat, and then we've got no space because people, people stand. are standing. Yes. Yeah, especially for which like Saturday you cannot in Westchester. I feel like you you can't you don't have the the luxury. Yeah, you like, don't yeah, have the luxury can, or yeah, the liberty yeah. to send people away like yeah. you do in the city. And say, oh, there's no seat. You can't come in here. We don't like if we did that. People would hate us yeah. after ten. And minutes. and we're a neighbor. So we're a yes. neighborhood. You know, have we been there for a while? So the person that you would be turning away, maybe like somebody you know for four friends. years, yeah. Yeah. You can't be like you're not coming in. Yes, and, and fuck you. You can't be like. Uh, that. And, and you like, also can't you know, have them coming we in and standing exactly. around for twenty minutes waiting yeah. for a drink. Exactly. Right. So we had to get up to speed quick. And not only had we to get up to speed, but we'd get up to speed where there's not many other places. Even if you do hire people who are great at working in cocktail bars there's not many other places that you would have done cocktails that do do volume also yeah. so it's been a whole new it's been new for me it's been new for him and it's been it's been new for all of us really you know did, did you have like did you have trouble keeping people from bailing on a drink like when it gets really you get you have you design a drink a certain way has a recipe and it's you can build it when it's your not slow or just moderate business yeah. but then when you get, it's slammed when you get slammed yeah, it, and then you gets, start bailing it gets, it gets really difficult when um, like that's one thing like on a busy time like 
you're absolutely tuned in. And if you're not, you really fucking should be. Yes. Like, it happens a lot on Fridays and Saturdays. People come up and they'll order four different cocktails. You know, and like one thing that I explained, like if you have the lemon in your hand, right? Let's say you pull the lemon up. You have to pour the lemon for each cocktail, right? You can't be picking the lemon up four times. Right. You know, you might have an ounce here. You might have a quarter ounce here. You might have three quarters of an ounce here. And you might have two ounces over here. You don't have two ounces of fucking lemon in the thing. But you know what I mean? You might have like whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying? Different, different measurements. And if I have the lemon in my hand, I got to make sure I get all the lemon out first. So you have to do it again. Exactly. Because yeah. other than picking the lemon up, like I'm making more work for myself. But then at that nice. point, you have to remember, you put out your four tins. I've got to remember what each drink is. I've got to remember because it really Which it so happens each drink? if you put a quarter ounce extra into one cocktail, it changes it's everything. Yeah. It's gone. Yes. That's like why we have a build structure. You know, we go yeah. bitters, juices, syrups, liquor. No, yes. but um, you got always when you're building cocktails. Yeah, liquor lasts. Cheap, cheapest ingredient, the most expensive ingredient yeah. because no one wants to make an expense and throw two ounces of yeah. angels. In. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Fuck no. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, no, look, so he, it, it's, he, it's definitely he's feeling that deep in his stomach when I yeah. say throwing out yeah. two ounces. Of that, <laughs> yeah. before, I'm like, oh, lad, come on, the bell. The Don't be saying that. But um, yeah, that, that's it. The way in which we have to do things has been modified to the way in which the business has developed. You know, so what I will say is. A lot has changed since when we stepped in what we first implemented to what we implement now is definitely different. Like, um, it's like it didn't, the concept is the same, but how we do things has, like I said, week to week, we change something to make it easier, to make it quicker, to make it better. But we don't change our quality and we don't change what we're doing. Like, unfortunately, if someone has to wait five minutes, because someone has ordered in front of them and they're waiting for just an old-fashioned... Yeah, you got to remember, you're not ordering Coronas, man. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, these are well-balanced, worked-out cocktails. No, I'm going to shake the shit out of this thing yes. but after I build it. And it, it <laughs> see, that's another thing. Is like, sometimes people look at you and they're like, oh, look at these, just shaking a drink. Like, you're going to make the drink. And I'm like, these both have egg whites in it. Yeah. Right, I gotta shake this till I don't hear icing it no more. Yeah, I gotta exactly. shake this till this. I'm over flat. here making a Ramos gym fizz. Yes, oh, exactly. Oh, one of our, one of the guys actually, near he came up and he made that the other day. He's like, yeah, he has a real raspy voice. He's like, have you ever had a Ramos gym fizz? I was like, no. He's like, it takes 15 minutes to make. I was like, well, of course I never had one of those. Ones. He's like, wait a minute, you're gonna love this. Um, yeah, but uh, so he anyway made the Ramos gym fizz. It was fucking tasty, I'm not gonna lie. But it did yeah. take fifteen minutes. Yeah, like you had to make it and leave it in the freezer. In, 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 in Midtown, in the, yeah, forty-five dollars. And it's cream, le, uh, lime, gin. What the fuck else is in it? I forget. Sugar. Uh, sugar. I can't even think when I'm fried. Eggs. Guys, plug plug the Instagram. Let them know where to find you. It is a uh, at the Blind Pig of Westchester. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. If you have any inquiries or anything, if you need something or you're trying to contact us, just slide in the DMs. We do, as well, when we have it, we might as well say a huge thanks to everybody in White Plains. They've been very, very, very supportful. Again, all the guys that we mentioned, Vinny Nizzani, Phil Gasparino, Brian Silverman, Declan Rainsfield, Roy Dolan, everybody in the Dead Rabbit, everybody Frankie in Death Co, Frankie Oli, everybody in them is super supportive, super helpful. East Coast and United. Put, East Coast United, <laughs> BJJ. Cheers, lads. And we awesome. definitely couldn't have got where we are now without those guys. So. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thanks. Enjoyed the episode? We've got plenty more great conversations to come from people that make the hospitality industry work. We're extremely appreciative of those of you that would take a second to leave a review on your platform and click that subscribe button. This little podcast has grown significantly over the last seven shows. Thanks for your support.